listening to Seeing the Sequel, the movie podcast about sequels to films that were never made, probably for good reason. This week, we are talking about the 1998 cult favourite, The Big Lebowski, directed by the Coen brothers and starring Jeff Bridges, John Goodman and Steve Buscemi. And, as ever, alongside me, three men, yeah, well, you know, that's just, that's like your opinion, man. I've got Al, I've got Joe and I've got John. Okay, guys, a big fan favourite, a big cult following this one. A mountain, you might say. But before we go there, what's your thoughts, John, on this film? Uh, well, freaking like top tier, triple A, like five star, like one of my favourite films. It's definitely the film I've seen more than any other film, probably by quite a distance really? as well. Yeah, definitely. I went for a time, I used to watch it, I watched it like every day for like three or four months. Like, literally every day. I did the same with Pulp Fiction as well. Yes, probably put this into perspective. John and I grew up together and used to wear dressing gowns and drink white Russians. We went into... We were were inspired by... Didn't you hit the street? We went into Basingstoke Town (laughs) Centre wearing dressing gowns because we just loved the dude so much. Well, wasn't there like an event on or something, or like screening or anything? No, no. No, no, no. We just did it. We we just got the bus into Basingstoke Town Centre, got off the bus. To achieve what? Just because it was like... Wednesday. I don't know. It was like just fucking cool to like emulate the dude. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, no, it's, uh, it's it's got a place very close and very dear to my heart okay joe yes it's the same 10 out of 10 five stars masterpiece masterpiece walks its way into any top 10 something's coming out it's always going to be there uh probably top three film of all time uh really yeah of all time yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but think about it like this you're gonna have a coen brothers film in your top 10 no none no you're an idiot (laughs) <laughs> well the thing is right let, before we go any further films are unique to the individual and you like what you like and it doesn't matter why anyone else does or doesn't you can justify it you like that film it's in your top 10 but it's like music it's like anything and art there's so much out there I'm always amazed by what people put into their top 10 that's why a top 10 is great Al? yeah I mean look I absolutely like everyone else I think it's a cult classic and I adore it but I talking about the Coen Brothers a bit on a bit more of a broader scale like I think you can I take the Coen Brothers as like new beginnings I've always worshipped them and been fascinated by the work I did my A-levels film studies auteur project on the Coen Brothers what a wonderful piece of work that was (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway but like if you think of when they started like Blood Simple like the kind of thriller Mm. the thriller version followed by Raising Arizona Mm. then I think they had series of films and then they kind of restarted again with the working title collaborations started on Fargo Big Lebowski a brother so Miller's Crossings before yes. that is mm. it? yeah mm. so a wicked film. and then you've got another re-beginning uh, which I think would be starting on No Country kind of thing so I think this was the Raising Arizona in that middle stage of their career you know post Fargo and I think when you watch Fargo it's cinematic perfection and obviously that's the one that had more Oscar buzz and I think but the Big Lebowski is the cult favourite but it's I think Fargo is probably the superior film, but I prefer The Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah, me too. And, the, and I tell you what, the word perfect probably gets branded around too much in with movies. And genius and perfect, these are words that were overused. But boy, oh boy, those two films, Fargo and definitely this film, The Big Lebowski, it is perfect. The yeah. edit, the soundtrack, the cinematography, edited well, the by... Writing. Co- the writing, and the, and the writing is ludicrous. You know, the characterization. you know, to come up with that character. Um, it's just absolutely insane how much of a perfect storm it is. 
and obviously the, the edit like it's just perfectly pitched and beautifully done and like yeah they, they edit themselves under the name Roderick Jane right so like they're just in complete control mm. um and yeah, I would say absolute perfect film. Yeah, I agree. Every 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 shot looks incredible. Every joke, every glance, every every like expression you've, you've that they Roger give Deacon, each other. Oh, Roger Deakins yeah. shooting this film, and he, it's a film that he, you have no right to have Roger Deakins on, but because it's the Coen Brothers, they did. Well, and it's just absolutely yeah, the opening credit or the credits, the proper credit sequence, the bowling. Like some, um, it's not at the very start of the film, but the bowling sequence where the credits are coming up, and so it's "Man good. and Me" by Bob Dylan playing. Um, the cinematography on that like it makes bowling look like the sexiest shit alive but it's, like, it's got this and with the ending with the Towns Van Zandt song and that random bowler when he, he bowls and cuts to black at the end that beautiful shot mm. it has this wonderful affection for the bowling as well yeah. it's, it's, it's an emotion to yeah. it it's be- it really is beautiful yeah, it made I've, me want to go bowling I've never <laughs> understood it really I like the film it's good it's alright it's not in my top three Coen Brothers and it's, that, but it's that's one in, of the funniest films. We haven't hit on that really. It's, what, it funny, is isn't it? one of the funniest well, films of well, all time. Well, it's like time. the most quotable funnier. film. Like, yeah. so and quotable. it gets funnier every time you watch it. It never. It just continues to yeah, build yeah, momentum yeah. every time you stack <coughs> viewings of this film. It just gets funnier. The and reason funnier why and funnier. I think I, I, I like it. The reason why I like it is because Jeff Bridges. I just adore Jeff Bridges and in many ways. It was the, the character he was born to play. Well, yeah. He's well, and become, John Goodman as his sort of like sidekick as well. Perfect. It is, John Goodman nails that so good. Yeah, so does Steve think, Buscemi yeah. as well. Don't you think that he's been influenced in his life and the change that this film did to him as a person, I think has emanated into other roles post. Definitely. Very hippie, very zen, very mm. yoga very of the moment for one person. It all seems to stem... I don't know, if you, I guess if you look back to... I mean, let's, let's talk... Again, it's not even my favourite Jeff Bridges from Starman. Yeah, there's, there's a post, and I get what you're saying, there's a pre and post Lebowski for, mm. for Bridges. Mm. And those old man roles, even when he's playing the sheriff in, um, like, um, Hell of High Water, Water. Yeah. there's this philosophy mm. to the character. Mm. Um, and I guess even, depth, even when they did the Tron sequel... Mm. Definitely, 100%. You know, you know, even in that as well. And I've recently... I mean, you didn't like it, Joe. I really liked um, mm. Bad Times at the El Royale. I actually yeah. really liked that film. And that priest he plays in that is, like, quite a deep character mm. as well. Um, or like he's that, not, is he a priest? He's a con man? Whatever, but... Um, I turned it off. Shit. I fucking thought it was great. But anyway, um, <laughs> I like, yeah, I've, I really think you've got a point there um, with Bridges. But I think what you're saying about it being funny, it's subtly funny. So, yeah, you have the slapstick moments, like throwing the mug at him, him, um, you know, the line, careful, man, there's a beverage here. You know, and like, you know, there's all these obvious jokes you see the first the first time, but the subtleties you see later, like one of the things that always makes me laugh is when he's lying down on the rug and uh, he's listening to bowling. And it's like on the t- on, on his woman and on the tape so it's, on the tape it's like LA final nineteen seventy two something like that and he's got the frame picture of Nixon bowling on his wall and even like I was saying to you guys before we started this you know um, his landlord mm. um, he's really so- he's really soft on him mm. tomorrow's already the tenth far out he's like no <laughs> actually out, I need you to pay the rent <laughs> and he says oh I'm doing this one man show. And they never mention it again, but then they set the scene at the one-man yeah, show yeah, and yeah. a lovely little characterization of, of, the, well, of the dude. He went, he didn't let him down. He went to his show. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I also love that bit where uh, Walter pulls out, he pulls out, he put, put the piece away, man. He pulls out the piece on Smokey because his toe is over the line. It's like, market fucking zero. It's a league game. But then the subtleties, um, like you were saying, well, Jesus would be really funny. But then one of the funniest things is Liam, his like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Liam, Liam and me, <laughs> me going like, to fuck you up. Proper, a, a proper bowler. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
you know, but, but that, that bit where Walter pulls, pulls, pulls out the piece on the lanes and he's like, Mark, you're fucking zero. He's got the fucking gun on him. And then they just leave and get in the car and then nothing's made of it. But then there's just police just start piling into the fucking bowling alley from behind them, yeah, like they, clearly they answering this gun they crime. They turn around to look no, at no. So there's a bit of a pressure on this because you all seem to love this film. Big time. Coen Brothers would be up for a sequel, you know, so with the right that, They did that. What was it? A Super Bowl tease of something? Well, they did like, the Jesus spin-off, didn't yeah, they? Jesus it's not a true sequel. Ignore the Jesus no. spin-off. It's not Cobra, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. A, is it a crowdfunded thing or something I like think, that? I think so. Yeah, 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 I've not seen it. No, no, no. It's supposed to be awful. Let's ignore the existence of that. So who um, wants to kick this off then? But they tease they tease the dude coming back in some kind of Super Bowl ad, like a little thirty second thing. No, that was a the, that was Stella Artois. Was it? it was just it an was, advert because it was an advert. It's like they did the Groundhog Day. At first, people were you know there were rumours there that, about that they were going to reprise this character. He was going to coming back, and everyone at the time. But thought, he did That's also a terrible idea. On John Goodman's Hollywood Walk, Walk of Fame, he donned the cardigan and he came up as the dude. And he just pushed John out of the way and he was the fucking dude giving the speech. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, anyway. I was just going to say one more little subtlety that I like. I just want to mention it. It's just how subtle this is. It's like later on when he's arguing with someone, he goes, no, this will not stand, man. This aggression will not stand. And when he's writing the check for his milk in the, in the mm. pre-title sequence, in the background, there's Bush this aggression against Crate on the TV will mm. not stand. Yeah. And he's just listened to that and stolen what Bush is. Yeah. It's very nuanced script. It's very clever. Well, I'm expecting big things. Who wants to kick it off? Well, no pun intended. You're expecting big things, but I think the obvious way to go is little things. Uh, it ends with the lovely Sam Elliott uh, sort of um, monologue saying, I happen to know there's a little Lebowski on the way because mm. Julianne Moore did the yoga exercises Increases, increases the chance of conception. It increases yeah. the chance. <laughs> spits out Increases. <laughs> like, there's something you just know about the dude, man. Anyway, we've got to stop just quoting the whole film. But um, so I, I'm assuming that I think very welcome for an old Jeff Bridges to be the old dude. And in some way we incorporate his now um, 20 year old son or daughter um, as the little Lebowski. That is the new injection. Yeah. Would you yeah. say that's an obvious choice? Or? I think that's an obvious choice. And that's the only thing I've actually got them written down here. So hang on, uh, this is your favourite film of all time. This is your well, big it's, it's, Yeah, but it's really hard to think of a sequel for it because it's, it's, it's so perfect and it's you don't wanna you don't wanna fuck it up. Um, I, I let's actually, just let's weirdly just... I forgot about the, the little Lebowski's on, on the way and I, I had two ideas. Um one being um the 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 dude returns um and befriends like a a, a little kid. Uh, and and like like let's say, like like almost a sort of bad Santa style. He's like the eight year olds dude. He's the um, <laughs> eight year olds dude. <laughs> he's, he he befriends this kid who's like getting bullied and teaches him sort of like the way of the dude. Um, and then and then there's like a little group of bullied kids that sort of come under his wing. And I thought you could call that like the the little Lebowski urban achievers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I mean maybe can't we incorporate that his daughters involved now because he has got a child now mm. there's a little Bowski on the yeah. way or maybe he's the dude still and the child was brought up by Julianne Moore and he's not really been that invested but I think going back to what you're saying it's very difficult to do a sequel for this John is let's flash back to when we did Unforgiven before mm. it's like we called that Unforgivable because there should never be a sequel mm-hmm. 
I, I want to put this under the same bracket, to be honest. I yeah. don't think there should ever be a sequel to this, yeah. but we've got, well, to, do, so we got why, to do it nonetheless. Why, I, I quite like the idea of him being uh, the father of like an impressionable, like, you know, y- a young child rather. So let's not set it now where the, the child would be an adult. Let's set it 10, 15 years ago where, you know, the, just give it an interesting, like, backdrop. That matches the first one, because even though it was made in, what, 97? 98, came out. Um, it's set in the early 90s, just yeah. for some reason. So, um, yeah. I think there's a good sh- relationship of the dude trying to be the dude explaining to a kid, you can't do that, man. That's just, you can't do that. You can't be that way, you know. So the dude would have an active part in his kid's life. I think so. Even, well, look. Even and and if, more, um, as more marred as Julianne Moore as also in it as as, as the mother. Yeah, but maybe he's had to get a job, so maybe he's got a job now, and like, and uh, maybe he works because Walter's got his security company right that we never really see, we only kind of hear about. Yeah. So check security. So um, maybe he's a, I don't know, maybe he's he's open, had to get a job. Maybe he's opened. Yeah, he's he's work. He's got to work for. But Walter. he's just like the receptionist or something yeah, for his gonna, security you know, company. How funny is that? He works in a gun shop. <laughs> yeah. what, he's like he's an absolute pacifist and he works in a gun shop. Yeah. But he's just because he's the dude. He's just done a book. He doesn't really give a shit. You know what yeah. I mean? He's trying to convince people not to buy a gun. What do you want a gun for, man? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and Walter's arguing, saying, "Dude, we're losing our sales here." Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Walter, you can't just give out of these firearms to all these kids, dude. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so he's got to raise his child. Either there's been a split with uh, Julianne Moore or not, but either way, he's got to fund it. He's got to work well, with Well, he's Walter. never with Julianne Moore. No, she she used him for because yeah, she wanted so actually, a child. How about how about he... We pick up the film, he doesn't know that he has a child and the child is re- like introduced into his life. So he's been the same all this time. And then the child is introduced as in like, I'm your, I'm your son, I'm your daughter or whatever it is. And that's where he has to sort of try to get his life together. Left on the doorstep, literally yeah, opens yeah, 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 oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. the door. Yeah. The daughter has had a falling out with Maud. And rocks up at his door. Runs yeah. away like from art, home. Artistic differences. Yeah, runs, away, runs away at home with a bag, like, I'm, I want to stay with you. And, he, and then he has to get a job with Walter to sort of help pay the way. And then you've got, the, you've got, like, you know, comedy gold where she introduces herself and says, like, I'm your daughter. And just his reaction would be, you're my... My what? My what? You've just done it. My what? Yeah. Well, he thinks it's like an acid acid flashback or something. Because I love that line. It's like, what do you do for for recreation, Mister Lebowski? Well, you know, drive drive around, bowl the occasional acid flashback. (laughs) Drive around, bowl. (laughs) Drive around. (laughs) Okay, so he's got a kid. He's got to look after the kid. He needs to pay maintenance for the kid, and there's a job. So, what about if he's working in a gun shop? Is there a heist or is there something stolen that comes in or is there a unique item that they've got that they then sell on that they have to get back? I think well, I think maybe the little Bowski is because yeah, we have to find the let's be the big Lebowski is a crime caper, like a mystery crime mm, caper. Yeah. So we want to get some sort of that spirit in. So maybe um, the kid is actually kind of at the age. So what what age are we saying? Sixteen or something? Actually a bit of a bad seed in a way, could be going the wrong way. But the, ultimately, the dude will make them pacifists like that, and should be you know should be really chilled out and a good person. But she might nick a gun from the gun shop, get herself in trouble with some people, and he has and that sort of links him into well, like a a bit of a crime situation. Yeah, like well, I was thinking like. maybe um, like something to do with like Jackie Tree, Jackie Treehorn, and his like you know his thugs or whatever need more guns or 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 whatever or you know they're. Um, 
Uh, it's a rare gun that comes in that's sold or something, or the gun that's oh, linked maybe, to a crime. Oh, maybe, yeah. Jackie Jehorn just wants to put it above his like mantelpiece mm. or something. Well, are we linking Jackie Trehorn to the daughter then? Well, maybe. As like, that's like the pornographer. Yeah, but it's kind of been done with Bonnie in the first one, isn't it? Like, she's working for Jackie Trehorn. I don't yeah. know. I didn't think about Jackie I love Trehorn that. I, love that. I do it. like the, the porno. I had log jamming with Carl Hungus. It's so fun. <laughs> log jamming. <laughs> log jamming. Um, I think we go with the daughter and she's getting into trouble with some people. She nicks a gun from the gun shop. Then the dude and Walter get sucked into her crime situation so it's another is it oh right so I was going to say it's going to be another kidnapping maybe she could get kidnapped again I think maybe she gets well, not kidnapped again, but yeah, there's like another she, kidnapping. she gets taken uh, I don't think so be- for personally because we're bringing her in bit- and then she's disappearing straight away so I think she's just getting in trouble like she's you know she's yeah but she could just be a plot device in that way she has like barely any screen time she's but, just used as no, a because the whole point of this story to do it would be that it's him the father and that's what we haven't seen yet and he has to teach her the ways of the dude because she's not you know she's not becoming the person that you want to be she's 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 turning into a life of crime she's getting into exactly like you know harder drugs or something like that and and uh she gets into some trouble she gets into some money trouble she falls in with the wrong people and uh they demand they 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 want payment or something and that they they you know follow her to the gun store and they ransack the the gun store or something well, like that. Well, maybe they they want payment, but they find out that her dad and his best mate run this gun store. Um, so they say, okay, well, just forget the money, just get us the guns. Yeah. So she starts delivering arms to them basically. Yeah. And and the dude is so shit at his job, it takes him ages to notice that the stock, <laughs> All the guns just, are gone. The, stock the, the stock is just disappearing, and Walter just comes because maybe Walter's got something else going on. Maybe he's. He's house sitting for his ex-wife or something because you know she's got him oh, under yeah. the thumb as well. Show me Sabbath. She's got him under the thumb. He looks after the dog. My ex-wife told me to look after. Like, tell her to go fuck herself. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, he's keeps on. So he's letting the dude kind of do the day to day in the shop. Mm. And Walter comes back and he's like, "Hey, dude, where are all the guns?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the dude's like barely where ever there. The what? Yeah, the dude's like <laughs> barely ever there. Empty, empty shelves behind him. <laughs> Uh, and he's, yeah, he's just watching bowling on the TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 it, well, and, and he's just put like a nice rug on the floor, yeah, yeah. and he's just lying down on the rug. I love the idea. That a, I love the idea that there's a rug with like an AK on it, like embroidered <laughs> in. Yeah, like, so, yeah. And then maybe you don't want to do it, but you would do. He's like, "What's with the rug, dude? I just thought it really tied the room." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, good. So it's coming together. So what happens? Well, I think obviously it. You know, let's be honest. I think it would be an insult to the Karen brothers to say we're going to come up with a crime caper storyline that's going to rival the Big Lebowski in half an hour when we're also two things. We've got half an hour and we're not the Karen brothers. <laughs> um, but but um, I think she gets sucked into the wrong crowd. She's delivering all the, all the arms and eventually she has to pull a job with them or something like that. These bad guys she's involved in. Um, and the dude and Walter have to sort of lock and load and go in to, um, you know, take them on and, and help her out. <laughs> the dude locking and loading. Well, he, he doesn't, but like, you know, Walter be well up for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The dude's just like the lookout man or something while Walter goes in and fucks him up. Does she bowl? I think he'll be teaching her to... That'll be the... It'll end with them bowling together, I think. Yeah, she'll learn to bowl. He'll use bowling to like... You know that perfect... With the Towns Van Zandt version of Dead Flowers, the Rolling Stones song at the end, that perfect last shot and you have that random bowler. Mm. And on the crash of the um, pins, it cuts to black. Fucking perfectly. Mm. Um, We have the dude and her... And they literally release the ball perfectly and harmony. The ball 
do the curve and it's just like they're bang on together coming in oh so they're on lanes together side by side simultaneously and the last shot is the two bowling balls crashing into the pins and we cut to blood she's left handed he's right handed so they come in together to come yeah and Walter's there but he's just nipped to get the uh, the beers what's interesting I guess Walter and her will be more akin to each other because she's probably more like Walter in a way. She likes guns. She's a little bit edgy. She's always going, you know, probably a little bit right wing. Dude can't understand this. So he's now having to put up with both of those two. Yeah, so it could be a buddy movie between Walter and dude's kid. Well, I think she's got to be like really super eccentric because if she's grown up for what, as we saying, 16 years under, under Mard's sort of um, family, family lifestyle, then she's going to have been exposed to like weird artists all the time. Yeah. Like the only other thing I've just had a thought of, I'm just thinking with this daughter, what's the funniest dynamic? Is it okay? I like the life of crime because we've got the gun edge, but like, is there something? It's an, it's an LA movie, Big Lebowski, like, and, and this is pulling the rug from under our feet. No pun intended, the rug from under our feet a little bit because it's a switch up. But is there something funny in her being proper straight laced, career driven, maybe working in the movie industry? And she's 16. Yeah, she's too young. Fine, forget it, forget it. She's yeah, a straight-laced career woman working on high-up movies. Yeah, like all 16-year-old <laughs> girls. Although, um, although Maud could have got her like a slotted in her job, you, you know, just sort of use nah, her nepotism to slot her in. No, nah, don't worry. It's uh, I forgot that she was 16. It's all right. Okay, so let's recap a minute. So she's unfortunately a little bit of a wayward kid who turns up on dude's doorstep. Dude is uh, having to support this child over the years by working in uh, Walter's drun- uh, gun shop while Walter goes off and does everything. Dude turns it into a dude palace. Uh, <laughs> dude's, palace. dude's daughter. He actually a- makes a sign. <laughs> <laughs> dude palace. Dude, dude's daughter is actually nicking guns from there because she's got in with a bad crowd or she owes money to a firm of people. So Walter comes back, dude, where are the guns? I don't know, man. Then there's the Walter daughter relationship getting together they have to go after the guns because maybe there's a rare gun in there or something that's so ridiculously rare that they have to get it back at which point they enter into the world of the gangsters and that's when you know we need to sort of sew that up there i think one of the characters she's i think maybe the reason she's in with it as well is she gets sucked in is she's in love with one of the sort of gangsters who's actually like a hopeless idiot do you know what i mean could be jesus's son could be Jesus somebody like he's like hopeless do you know yeah. what I mean like real it could be one of the nihilists for like maybe one of the, the well uh, I didn't know whether the nihilists were coming back because none of them died did but they? dude mm. would like this guy maybe because he's hopeless maybe yeah maybe <laughs> but I'm just thinking uh, that he sort of he, he wants to be a gangster rather than actually is one you know what I mean he's sort of playing at it a little bit um but hasn't got the brains or the strength or anything to sort of pull it yeah, off. Yeah, he's, he's just, like a TikTok gangster. He's yeah. like always on TikTok, but acting the gangster. Yeah, yeah exactly. Man. He maybe raps or something like that, looking an absolute <laughs> yeah. moron. Okay, nice. So uh, we've got the boost, uh, the bones of a plot coming together. Cast, I guess, uh, in many ways, the same sort of cast about. We've got two new introductions here. We've got Dude's Daughter and we've got a love interest. So what are your thoughts on uh, well, those two to start with? Dude's Daughter, who are we going to go with? You know who I think? I absolutely fucking love book smart i thought that was a fucking great film and the girl in yeah, that not the one the girl, hill sister no the other one i think uh, yeah i looked i looked it up her name's caitlin dever she's absolutely outstanding that and she's very quirky she's very edgy i think she's, she's funny perfect. yeah she's, she's very funny, funny. Well, she's good in and she's smart. got a big yeah. she's got a deep she's very soulful in that film as well okay um for the guy um who are we thinking her love interest i've got that as well 
Fucking what a movie. You know, Ricky Baker. Hunt for the... Hunt for the World of People. It's yeah. Ricky Baker, baby. Great. Julian uh, Dennison. Julian Dennison. Imagine them as like the young couple. That's <laughs> Ricky Baker's quality. That's yeah. good, actually, because he's currently 18, so that just fits slightly older. Perfect. Well, Perfect. He, he would be hilarious, yeah. yeah. He'd be great. <laughs> great stuff. Acting like really moody and like teenager-y. <laughs> Gangster-y. <laughs> just like Ricky Baker. Really bad way. But um, imagine them, like that, that couple walking into the gun shop with the dude. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like it's amazing, this, because Mick Lebowski, fuck me, you don't want a sequel to but I'd watch this yeah. Dude and Julian Dennison together that's yeah, a great yeah. maybe on like their first meeting he could like nick the dude's weed or something so like yeah. pocket the weed uh, yeah. yeah that's bad manners man yeah, okay great it's so, <laughs> bad manners so man. all cast original cast back I mean it just has to be all them. apart well so uh, Julian Moore will be in it to a, a certain to a extent yeah. um, and then I suppose obviously Steve Buscemi can't return I like the idea that the the um the coffee yeah, can or yeah. whatever they maybe they had that on the shelf mm. in with a picture of Donny. I know they spread the ashes, but still, yeah, yeah, yeah keep yeah, it yeah. around. Oh, so, 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 oh, they got money in it for the till. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like it's like the, the tip, tip money. That's the tip jar. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, yeah, I like the, the idea of him having like a lane named after him at the bowling. Nice, house. lovely yeah, as well. Yeah. That's yeah. really nice because yeah. you, he's shit hot as well isn't he Donny yeah, yeah, yeah. they're fucking all good, good. well when he misses that strike at the end so he leaves oh, one pin standing which is just, almost like foreshadowing his death such yeah, a beautiful yeah. moment and, so and he's really surprised at it he, he, it's, it's close up on his face he's really surprised that he's missed can't it, believe it. Confused. another little factor about it I was just going to say the first one I, I think this is right you never see the dude bowl you never see him bowl yeah that's right yeah <laughs> you see everyone else bowl okay man right title what are we going with Oh, I think the little about the way to go works. Joe, you look unsure. Uh, I think I think little yeah the the little Lebowski oh god it's shit isn't it it's got to be it's that bit, though hasn't it on this concept it's, not very it's going to be that creative. if we were going to go down a dude sort of focused route I was going to suggest the dude abides. Oh, it's a lovely yeah that's, that's nice a, that's a lovely title that's nice or the dude. Yeah, that would that would also work. I think for, I, th- I get what you're saying. They are they're good title options, aren't they? But I think for our sequel, the little the little Lebowski is the one. No, but for our storyline, that's the one that makes sense. I little reckon. Lebowski. I quite like getting Urban Achievers in there somehow. Junior Lebowski Junior. No, oh, I, I don't think. Yeah, the little Lebowski is what it has to be. Has awesome. To be. A direction. Well, can only be. It can only be the Cohen brothers, Joel and Ethan. Lovely. Okay, great. So, so far we've got the bones of a story, we've got the cast sorted out, we've got the title, we've got the directors. Who wants to pitch everyone's favourite cult film sequel? I don't know. I think, personally, it's got to be one of the boys who wore their dressing gown into Basingstoke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take it. Um, Okay. All right, so... That's an underrated Bob Dylan song as well. That's a great tune. Um, all right, so... We, we were talking about this. You don't really... I don't recognise that song off any album. Do you know what album it's on? Yeah, it's on New Morning. Right, John, you ready? Uh, yeah, so it's 15 years later, more, uh, 16 years later. Maud has had the kid that... Um, that was created when the dude and her fucked in the first movie. So, so the dude's, uh, you know, he's been chilling, he's living his life. Suddenly, his his whole world is turned upside down when uh, his daughter turns up on his doorstep. She's had a falling out with um, Maud. She doesn't want to live. She doesn't want to be a part of that life anymore. Can't stand her. Turns up, uh, finds out about um, her dad's. He, he she turns up on the dude's doorstep the dude is you know 
shocked. He's kind of he's you know he's he's polite. Um, you know he's he's chill about it. But you know this has turned his whole life upside down. He's actually got to sort of step up and become part of society, earn a living, um, so he can provide for his daughter. Um, Luckily, or well, maybe unluckily for him, um, Walter owns a security slash gun shop business. He's selling weapons all over fucking Los Angeles to whoever, whoever's buying. Um, so the dudes, the ultimate pacifists, has to get a job at Walter's gun shop to pay um, to, to pay for the needs of of his kids. So the dude's there. He's, you know, he's, the, the, he's not running things very well. Um, he's, you know, people are not paying enough. He's not really interested in selling people guns. He's just lying on the, lying on the rug that he's got, you know, just getting stoned. Um, <laughs> In the, in the gun, gun shop, shop saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, uh, his daughter starts following him with the wrong crowds, uh, in the sort of gangster crowd, uh, owes them money. Um, but the instead of getting them, giving them money, uh, she's gonna. Uh, she's going to take guns from the gunshot, from under the dude's nose, from under Walter's nose, and she's going to use that as payment um, for the gang. Along uh, as part of that, uh, she starts falling in love with Ricky Baker. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Julian. Uh, Julian Dennison. Julian Dennison falls in love with Ricky Baker. Ricky Baker. <laughs> falls in love with Ricky Baker. This like really <laughs> just inept loser gangster who's trying to make it big in LA. Like you know, giving it all the big well, shit. Heart, though. He's got a good heart. Yeah, giving it all the big shit. But yeah, maybe yeah he's got a good heart so maybe deep down he doesn't want to be a gangster but he just wants to be cool like he's just rebellious or or whatever um so they come um so uh yeah they start stealing the guns um give them to the the criminal gang and then it's up to the dude and then water comes back the dude doesn't know any of this how he doesn't even know any of the guns are gone um (laughs) water comes back to check on his business and all the fucking stock is missing he's like well well we must have made loads of money and there's fuck all money in the till (laughs) and then water realizes oh maybe they've been stolen um the dude still has no fucking idea what he's talking about uh, and then the dude and Walter have to, uh, you know, lock and load, take on take on the gangsters, get the guns back, rescue the daughter from the dude's daughter from the life of crime. Um, while you know, on on the on that uh, on the last shootout, the dude's daughter kind of, oh, you know, maybe he is a good father after all. Uh, and it ends on a nice, sweet uh, scene in which the dude and his daughter are bowling. They uh, throw throw balls uh, they bowl with a ball each down uh, side by side lanes both of them hit strikes boom fade to black nice over. one man and what's it called cut to black it's called the cut, to cut to black, black. <laughs> it's called the Big little difference. the little Lebowski well done John nice well one done, well done mate well done okay that was the little Lebowski the big Lebowski 2 uh, who'd have thought it but there it is but we want to know what you'd have done differently hit us up on Twitter guys uh, we really appreciate your comments or suggestions about films that we could do equally on Instagram there's some content on there that we throw up on a weekly basis so come and follow us see what's going on uh, if not rate us five stars that'd be nice but if not, more importantly, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Cheers. <laughs>